five, six, seven, eight. Sarah, Sarah, and Sarah. I'm Tom. I'm Tanara. And I'm Nathan. And welcome to Sarah, Sarah, and Sarah. A podcast where we... Gullabaloo. We giffle. And we blurp. That's not a G word. <laughs> oh! <laughs> but you know what is a G word? It's a really cute pod. We talk about Sarah's. We interview Sarah's, people we know named Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, we talk about some leftist politics and uh, some Jewish stuff. And <laughs> if some you will. leftist Jewish stuff. To quote, to quote Tal, I was editing the last episode, and I heard this one a lot. This is a great, great Tal quote. All three of us are Jewish, and that, that does flavor our pod. <laughs> That's an incredible quote. It does. It's just, that is the truth. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. How is it Jewish? And I'm like, well. We do make jokes about blowing shofars at Eagles games. (laughs) I think also the way that we talk to each other is very Ashkenaz Jewish in a very like interrupty, kind of shouty kind of way. Sometimes we do the voice. Sometimes sometimes there's the voice. Oh. Everybody should know is that most of the time we record this in my home, and every single time that I open the door for Tal and Nathan when they arrive to my home, Nathan says something to the effect of, you wouldn't believe the traffic. Your cousin came late. So I was like, oh my god, we were on the turnpike. Oh, the exits. It was funny. You were telling me a story about the turnpike. strength not to start singing musicals it's 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 like a lot of effort i believe you Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) i can can transition this moment um to to tell a short story about my weekend (laughs) this weekend tall was in nolens getting a new tattoo You know what? I tried to make that joke earlier and it didn't land, but it's working now. Great. Speaking of a time when we were younger. Oh, a cute transition. That was a good one. Do you see what I did? I I saw Take us all the way home, TNR. Let me just start off like this. Where were you ten years ago? Mm. Oh, fucking hell, dude! Really? Um, well, I was um, oh, ten years ago. I was a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. Yep. I actually had a very similar haircut. Wow, that's what you so have now. cute fashion Except forward 2009. My sides now. and back are like I have like a serious, serious undercut right now. That's right. very good. But I had dyed my hair a shade of red. It was more plum. It was darker than it's it is now. Okay. Even the sweetest plum. It was I- a plum. <laughs> Yep. And it was a short Bobby Layer thing. I, I, I shut down that musical moment. That wasn't a musical. That was Troye Sivan's smash it song, Plum. Oh, it, mm. I don't... So the thing is, I just don't know, like, much about Troye Sivan. Wait, how did you have the, like, power and foresight and self-awareness to dye your hair an incredible color in 2009? I've all... That was the first time I dyed my hair. And it, until I cut it real short, it was, like, mermaid, like, below the boob hair. What? Like, super long. Did your mom hate it? No. <laughs> I just feel like whenever anybody did anything to their body in high school, parents were like, nah. Mm-mm. See, the way I've told my parents about all kinds of body modification was like after it happened, being like, hey. Mm. So yeah, I did this thing. That's I came how... home with like a sizable tattoo. Yeah, that's how I did it with my tattoo. Except by that time, I was 18, so they like actually legally couldn't say anything. Mm. But I was oh, like, but they can still give ass. you a whole eye up, down, right. around. So I said, it's my body and I can do what I want with it. And my dad was like, what did you do? And I was like, I got a tattoo. Um, and my mom said that she knew that I was going to get a tattoo because it was the only thing that she had told me she didn't like. So she knew that I was going to rebel against her that way. Way to make it all about you, mom. 
And then when I got my second tattoo six months later, she was like, I just can't understand why somebody would poison their skin with that ink. And I said, Mom, when you were 18, you were in a cult. So which would you rather me do? Nathan just took a sip of his wine. Well, in ja- okay, in January 2009, I was in 10th grade. It was a rough time. I did not get into the play that winter. Fuck. Rude. <laughs> I, um... I went on my... I, just in January 2009, I went on my synagogue's 10th grade confirmation class trip to Ogilvy Park in West Virginia. Ogilvy. All of the kids... Ogilvy's pretty close to Pittsburgh. All the kids... But I'd only ever been there with my mom's side of the family for Thanksgiving, which is the wasp side of my family. So I was like... When I went there with all these Jews, I was like, no, what? I thought... I thought it was only Christians here. So it was pretty confusing. But I went on that trip. That was weird. Mm. That's mm-hmm. where I was in 2009. Mm-hmm. Getting ready for uh, my performance in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat in the Senior High JCC Musical. That was fun. What? Um. What? What were you playing? I played that? Judah. Judah. I don't. He's one of the twelve brothers. He yes, sings. He is. Oh no, not he. Mm-hmm. How you can accuse him is a mystery. That song. Oh no. You know it. Um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Today, we're not going to go into too many details about this, but today, mm-hmm. I made a call about something that happened to me 10 years ago. Wow. And I, I know. I called, Wait, you did it? I called the head of my upper school, who now oh. is the head of school at some other school in a different city, and I was like, I just want to talk through this situation that happened when I was in 10th grade, and then he apologized to me. No. Whoa. It was incredible. No. It was incredible. I can't oh believe you just casually did that. Well, like, you didn't tell, you told us that you were going to do that, but you didn't, yeah. like, let us know that it happened. Well, today. I sent him an email to be like, hi, I just want to, like, schedule a time, because I didn't want to just call him up and be like, hello, you know, because I thought that'd be kind of rude. Yeah. yeah. So, give him a heads up. I gave him a little heads up. I was, like, pretty friendly about it, or I, like, tried to be. Did you tell him what you wanted to talk about? No. Well, did, a did little Did you tell bit. him you wanted to talk to him about something? Yes. Okay. Did you give him some feedback? Did you use those words? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, Feedback for the future. Yeah, and I also was like, I don't, yeah, it, it it felt like pretty incredible. Like it's just the kind of like restorative conversation that like never happens. Mm-hmm. You know, to like talk about not that it was like the, it wasn't like the, even close to the worst thing ever. I was just it just like has been on my mind recently, and I was like, oh, like I was like, this is a person just in the world who I just could talk to. I so love with, that you thought of that. Yeah, without giving too many details about the occurrence, the thing was that like. Some this was he was your principal at the time, mm-hmm. and and he, was the head of the high he did or said something that felt disrespectful and harmful to you, mm-hmm. and then you like went on with your life, and he went on with his, and then recently you were like, what if I told him how that had harmed me, mm-hmm. and then you just called him and did that, and he was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, mm. he was like, wow, I really sounded like an asshole. And you were like, yeah, buddy. And I was like, yeah. Whoa. It was incredible. Yeah, I'm like, like I genuinely feel lighter in my body right now, just like witnessing your moment where you got to get some resolution for something that was harmful to you in the past. Resolution. That's a real glow up. Oh, oh we're gonna make it. We are gonna <laughs> make it. <laughs> no, but it was so it was so incredible, and I think one of my soul tensions, taking, yeah. taking it back to F five for mm-hmm. 2019, is to. Um, <laughs> is to, like, contact the adults from my adolescence who I feel like could have done better. And, <laughs> and, like, and, like, reconcile that with them. Fuck wow. yeah! That's a great soul sentient. That's huge. Unless, like, major. That's, it's major. Ma- major. Mm. T? Mm. Nar? Tell us your clue. Where were you in 2009? In 2009, I was getting ready in January 2009. January 2009. I was getting ready to go to Germany for five weeks to star in a play. At Tata. So you were already fucking peaking. Well, a little bit. 
so that's super rude because that makes me feel like I've just descended. No, no, no. no but you can't be like you were like up impressive. here and then you just stayed up there. You plateaued if not climbed higher. It's like you were like, <laughs> I don't want to plateau. You are climbing like, that fucking mountain, girly. Like you were already living your best life. So well, you, you, I was you. a fortunate <laughs> and like wonderful team. I, I I was certainly um I was certainly encountering an opportunity that not many fifteen year olds get to take, mm-hmm. which was to star in a play in English that was being premiered in a German theater, youth theater in Dresden, Germany. Dresden. Dresden. I don't know. I never. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that was amazing, and I was also getting paid a wee amount, um, and they Ooh. were, like, paying for all of the thing. Are we good? I think so. Okay, good. Eat, eat. Yep. Yeah. Eat, okay. Um, but here's what I'll say is that that trip was, like, remarkably difficult because mm. up until that point, I had only ever traveled back and forth from Israel, A. Israel. 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 I can't do it. Yeah. And and or to the Caribbean. So every time that I went to a place that wasn't Ohio or wasn't the United States, it was warm both in temperature and in personality. Like Middle Eastern personalities and Caribbean personalities are different, very different, but they both share like an outgoing, like like, you know, extroverted warmth and hospitality, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. 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 The Germans are not necessarily known for that. I was like, why are people talking on the streets? Was the first thought that I had. I was like, something's gone They're wrong. They're like, too cold, got somewhere to be. Boop, boop. They're just like, don't look at me. You know? It's like, it, yeah. It, it was a little aggressive. And then the host mom that I was staying with was, um, I would say, not very compassionate to mm. a young 15-year-old who was embarking on a very specific kind of adventure without her support system there. Yeah. So she could have been a little bit more compassionate. Um, she also, there was, like, a whole lot of, like, expect Like, the trip was actually remarkably educational for me because it really taught me what it meant to be a good guest in someone's home because, like, uh, their perspective was, like, I was not a good guest. My perspective was that a guest was treated the way Israelis and Puerto Ricans treat a guest. You know what I mean? So it was, like, a very different dynamic. So I was, like, shocked to find out that they were very angry at me because I didn't say good morning to them when I came out of my room. Mm. Oh, they're like, there is a protocol here. Yeah, they were like a real protocol. I have they big didn't feelings share, about protocol. They didn't share that mm. protocol with Fuck me. the rules. Mm-mm. Fuck the rules. I mean, like, Fuck the rules. Fuck the rules. Fuck the rules. Good Fuck Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it was also a very educational trip because it, I was, like, I had, like, a little bit of, like, I had constructed a romance with me and one of my cast members. Oh, it was was also, romancing or was it, like, a crush It was a crush that involved some kissing and then him oh. blowing me off and me being, like, but he loves me. And so, oh. like, that was my, it was also the first time that I was bullied. <gasps> Yeah, Ugh. and like it's so it's so like lucky and privileged for me to be like I was never bullied before. But the truth was that like, and this I say completely honestly, I was the bully in my high school. Like me and my girlfriends were very mean and judgmental and unforgiving. Of oh my people. god, owning it, owning yeah, it, twenty nineteen. Yeah, and then when I went to Germany, I was like. I wasn't around somebody who was, like, more of that than me. I was just around somebody who was really manipulative and competitive and, like, mm. yeah. And what was difficult, okay, so really talking about a glow up. Really mm. for real. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. this person, like, really, really hurt me in a way that I was, like, shocked to find out that I could be disrespected that way, mm-hmm. like behind my back kind of situation. Oh, no. right. Yeah. Right. So, and then no I attention. walked away from that experience being like very nervous to travel with people my age and like Ooh, like very yeah. uncomfortable around like people that reminded me of this person. Then, like 6 years later, I'm sitting in a secondhand thrift shop waiting for my mother to finish trying on clothes. 
And there's a, a magazine next to me um, that is, like, out Columbus or something. It's, like, the gay lesbian magazine of Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, we love a gay. Right. I'm flipping through it. Oh, my God. There's the person who bullied me in Germany. Now they are out and proud as this trans activist in Columbus, Ohio. Whoa. She became not only, like, so instrumental to, like, trans rights in Columbus, but she was a huge player in the Black Lives Matter formation and in the response in St. Louis and Ferguson after Mike Brown was shot. Like, she has become this, like, really, really vocal activist. I knew her when she was in the closet. So I was, like, it became suddenly so, like, oh, my God. Like, not, like, oh, no wonder why she did that to me, but it was also just, like, I can't imagine shit that she was going through at that time. Right, right. Mm -hmm. you just don't know. And, like, I was the lead, you know, like, she's black, I'm white, like, we're, like, you know, the dynamic is just so intense. Mm -hmm. And, like, she would say things to me that real. I was like, she was like, why do you tell people that you're Jewish? Because otherwise they wouldn't know. And I was like, well, why should I hide that from them? And she was like, if people couldn't tell I was black, I wouldn't tell them. Like, she would say shit like that where I was like, you have revealed something, like, so deeply... Like, oh, my God. Like, something else is going on here. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, like, those years later, realizing that, like, she had so affected my time on this trip. But, like, oh, my God. Look at what she must have been going through. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, it's, it's not like I'm... I don't even want to use the word forgive. Like, I, I don't, it's not like there's nothing to forgive. It's just, like, it's just a really amazing moment to, like, demonstrate how people grow at rates and at, in paths that intersect with yours. Sometimes not in nice ways. But that doesn't mean that they're not... That doesn't mean that they're done growing. You know what We're I mean? We're all on a boat. Right. I don't want to be on a boat. I don't like the sea. No, not like a boat. That's like true. We're all like, we're, everyone's just like out here trying to live their life. Yeah. And like, we just don't know. One thing that I've been really thinking of in, in this like glow up 10 year situation um, it, especially for like us and like folks our age is that like so we're glowing up from our weird high school days that like ha high school's weird whatever but like what a horrible time and like what a time when you really are coming into your own and like don't have language for that and I think mm. like us at our time that like internet culture was just sort of forming mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. apps and were totally a thing but like they kind of were and like yeah, like, like people were sharing a lot of stuff more quickly, but it wasn't, like, yeah. as rapid fire as it is now. Like, I feel like there was a lot of identity shaping that was happening because of that, like, because media was more of a thing, and we could, like, control a little bit more of our story. You could, like, put your own, like, MySpace skin yeah, on yeah. with, like, the glittery fucking things that I did, mm-hmm. you know? Like, whatever, Zangas, icons. forever Zangas. Um, ugh, like, you could just, like, rant and be the emo kid on the internet. Yeah, I ranted for so much about days. body image. I so, a body rant. image! I did like, not rant. Yes! But, like, what a time to be coming alive and then, like, not have the language for it like yeah. we do now. Like, but think about low high schoolers our- now who there is language around for them to, like, hold on to, but also what the fuck is going on politically the whole, as they're coming into their own? I like, cannot right. imagine I can, to be a high I school literally right can't right, imagine I, getting the And cyberbullying. Let's just put that in the mix, too. Right. I, I feel like... Oh, God. I feel so confused about it because on the one hand, I'm like, well, I think the last 10 years have been... The last 10 years, the last five years, that's a musical. Okay, anyways. The, the last few years have been, like, I think particularly, we were talking about the BuzzFeed article, 25 gays who glue the hell up, glued, glued the hell up, glued, you get it, you get it, listeners at home, you get it. And it's, you, okay, you know what? Listen. Um, you glued the hell up. This is a younger sibling moment. But I, like, and it's all these pictures of people who, like, all different kinds of people, like, all different kinds of bodies. Like, it's not just, like, everybody got normatively hot. It's just, like, right. everybody, like, really came into their own self and their own power in a really beautiful yeah. way. Yeah. And it's just, like, so wholesome. And I think that particularly in this, like, particularly for queer and trans people and also particularly in this historical moment where, like, in 2007, like, the Democratic Party's consensus was, like, gay people are a little bit evil. And, like, the Democratic Party's consensus in, like, 2019 is, like, we're on the boat. I mean, like, there are obviously major problems, but, like, they just... They're, like, we 
we are the flag in the darkness against fucking like oppressive tyranny. Right. Well, they say, but also, but also like just like literally in the year 2012, and people are shocked to hear this. Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton both oppose same-sex marriage. Like, not that same-sex marriage is some kind of like, obviously it's like not the whole story and it's like problematic, but like. But, like, the fact that in 2012, the president of the United States, Democrat Barack Obama, was like, I believe marriage is between one man and one woman. It's like, you just you just couldn't say that as a Democrat now without everyone laughing in your face. And so, like, the way that, like, the discourse around gay people, and particularly gay people, but I think queer and trans people in general over the last 10 years has shifted, like, is just, like, really so rapid and has certainly changed my life dramatically. Mm, and I think yeah. it's part of why, like, now I just, like, strut through my school and I'm like, we're going to do this as gay as possible and you're going to listen to me, to, like, uh-huh. the administrator. And 10 years ago in 2009, no one was out in my high school where everyone was a Democrat in the city of Pittsburgh. Oh, my God, I had the same experience. Yeah, I was like, where the fuck are all the gays? Except for, like, my girlfriend. Because obviously found, you know, one <laughs> or two. Two, two. Uh, but, like, seriously, though, right. I'm, was, I'm just here with you in that. I was really like, where are all the gays? Like, why am I the only gay fucking person in this school or, like, one of the ten that I can that I'm know of? Right. It was just, like, in my head, I was like, I guess I'll never tell anyone. Like, it just seemed, like, impossible. You know, and now right. I'm like, what? But, like, it just things have shifted. So much. Not that things are, like, perfect. Just no. the discourse has changed. The discourse has the changed. The popular discourse has changed. Although, I don't know if, you'd, if our community's discourse has changed. Mm. Can you say more? I don't know. It's just like it's so easy to be like we're like. I mean, there are parts of this country where I'm really like, like I would feel uncomfortable to be there by myself. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Oh, I mean, me too. I mean, yeah. Right. Like, all three of us. And for sure, yeah. there's like. Right, and in so many ways, it's like the violence against trans people is like. It, I mean, it's so just high. insane. It's just worse. And also, like, there's a way where in, like, 2009, my rabbi was, like, the only kind of holy sex is between a man and a woman. And, like, in 2018, he walked in the pride parade. you know what I mean? And it's like, excuse me, sir. This, this concept of glow up, like, the country, like, has not glowed up, and I don't even mean that in terms of, like, we have a fascist president. Like, it's just, like, those... We do. We, and we do. We just, like, had all of those problems in mm-hmm. 2009, mm-hmm. but we didn't... Either we didn't know about it, or we were, like, pretending, or, like you were saying, like, it was just, like... You know, like, there's, st- there's still a lot, a lot, a lot of people who really believe that marriage should be between a man and a woman just because like now the democrats can't say it without laughing without us laughing at them like like it actually i'm not i'm not saying the things haven't changed i'm just saying that like the problems haven't gone away even though the things haven't the things have changed oh yeah if anything i think like things have been saw like because things have been revealed things have been revealed but also so much is is really hidden. Like, I'm thinking even of just, like, this fucking weekend with those fucking kids from Kentucky who were that harassing Catholic that. School? Hey, you Catholic know what? School. Is that? I know there's a lot of Protestants, <laughs> but how about that <laughs> daily wasp moment? <laughs> hey, so listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. If any of these Catholics listen to our podcast. Fuck them. Yeah, just... <laughs> Just like those Kentucky boys. Though, if if those if you know if you listen to our podcast and you know one of the Kentucky boys, just like go ahead and send them this little clip, um, which is like you actually make me so sick to my stomach, and it's like I hope that you go on a journey and you learn, but could you please do that the farthest away from any of us for the rest of your life? Like, learn your lesson in Iceland and just never come back. Like, I'm just, like, I'm really dipping into my inner cessationist right now, which is just, mm, like, do, do. let's uh, let's secede from just that that school in Kentucky. They can be their own country, you know? Like, uh. we'll just, I want to, like, airlift them to a different planet. They make me so angry. Hey, just go... Go eat like a rotten dick egg. <laughs> okay. Wait, just, just rewind. Rewind. Good enough. Help me. Help me. Give me an insult. Wait, no. I hope that you get a forever yeast infection on your penis. 
<laughs> what was your, uh, take it back to tea. What, what was Ow. my feeling about this? Yeah. Okay, well, I have a lot of them, but one of them is just that, like, First of all, besides the fact that these young white kids decided that they could yell in an older person's face, regardless of their fucking color of their skin, although, like, that matters, too. Obviously, that matters, and that matters maybe most, but, like, they thought they could yell in somebody's face in general is is fucking atrocious, but also that their parents and their community sent them to Washington, D.C., to police women's bodies. Like, they were there to be anti-abortionists. They were there as young males to, like, train, you know, and, like, grow up and have this, like, manhood experience of supporting, like, pro-life stuff. I hope their smegma becomes infected. (laughs) I'm glad you're just here. There's just no... They're really... Isn't and here's the I thing. I hope you get a grain of sand stuck <laughs> underneath your eyelid for eternity. <laughs> oh, that's Ooh. bad. That is bad. Ooh. I don't know. Maybe these guys can give all their inheritances to uh, people of color. Mm. Oh, that would be actually really nice and restorative. Hashtag also shout out to Nathan Phillips, the name of the Native American elder yeah. who they were harassing. Mm-hmm. Um, shout yeah, out your, Thank you. Yeah, thank you for uh, literally suffering the fucking scourge of white people on your earth. Yeah, for, for a long time. Uh, he's done it for a long time. Like I, He's been like a fighter in the movement for... For a long time. I'm getting angry. So there's good (laughs) stuff happening because, like, the people that we surround ourselves with are amazing thinkers, amazing healers, amazing feelers, and we will secede and just shove these people up in space to get swallowed by a fucking black hole. Black hole! Surround yourself with love and justice. Also, Nathan looks extremely adorable right now. is brought to you by Gillette. Gillette, have you ever considered not being an ass? (laughs) Also, buy our razors. Gillette. Gillette, the year is 2019. We just read the internet. We learned about feminism. And toxic masculinity. It turns out some people have been thinking about this forever. (laughs) We... You know how you can be a better man? And, like, honestly, truly, like, do you know how you can be, like, a feminist man? To engage in capitalism by buying our razors. That's exactly right, Tal. Mm-hmm. Good job. Good mm-hmm. job. You did it. Mm-hmm. Just you know- capitalism will solve your problems. Capitalism. Capitalism. Our best feature is how we appropriate criticism and create something new. Be better. Give us your money. <laughs> I don't. I don't Men, know. give us your money. Men, give me your money. Yeah. <laughs> My Venmo is at Tanara Dash Calum. Talbone. Teacher Towel. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, Sarah. Blue apron. Blay Baroni. Blue Lagoon. Blue Sarah's brought to you by Blue Lagoon, the newest offshoot of Blue Apron. It's like a small eco version. Tanara, what you get in your Blue Lagoon package this week? I got one. I got like a, a mirror that when you hold it up to your face, it shows you your future. Wait, that's like not a food. Pop- Tell us more. Well, your future is eating Tuscan style pasta and chicken. But do they give you the chicken? Well, it's it's not like you just see yourself eating it because mm. it is in your future. So it's like modern day manna, you know, yeah. like falling from the sky. Total. But it's, well, it's no, a it doesn't. In a box. No, in order to get it, you have to go to HelloFresh. Oh, <laughs> we're a Blabbering family. Oh my they merge. god, it's this like is... Instagram. It's like Facebook bought Instagram. Wait, do they actually merge? Um, no, Blue Apron bought HelloFresh and GoPuff. Oh, puffins. GoPuff. Shout out to episode one where Tanara just goes GoPuff. <laughs> And then no one responds, and it's unclear what's going on. 
Hey. I love your face so much. Hi, Sarah. Hello. It's Sarah. been a really long time. I know. Hello, friends. So glad you're here. This is okay. So I introduce my friends, and then you have to share how we know each other. Okay. Okay. So this is Chinara, Hi. and this is Hi. Nathan. Hi. And we all live in Philadelphia, and um, yeah, we met doing, if not now, stuff. Cool. Hey, Tanara. Hey, Nathan. Hi. Nice to meet you all. Nice to meet you. So I know Tall because we were roommates, actually, at a program called Teva, which was a Jewish environmental education program, and we were co-educators and roomies. That was in fall of 2014 out at Isabella Friedman Retreat Center. Where's so that? that was like four years ago. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe it's been that long. I know. I yeah. know. Yeah, it's in Connecticut, that place. We were in the northwest corner of Connecticut, mm. just, like, living yeah. a dreamy life. Who were yeah, you like, educating? Were they babies? We were educating fifth through seventh graders, mm. so we would go hike with these kids, like, four days a week. We were about a mile from the Appalachian Trail. It was beautiful. We had a different group of kids every week from all over the northeast, different Jewish day schools. Mm. And when we didn't have kids, we were getting ready for the next group of kids, basically. Well, how long were you guys living? How long were you doing this program? It was like four. It was August through December, so like four months. Whoa. We were we were roommates for four months. Oh, it was Yay! a summer. It was summer. It was summer. But through December. Oh. August through December. Summer through winter. Yeah. Fall. It was it, it was, was fully fall. winter by the time we were finished. Was it so cold? Wait, what was your room like? Were you in a cabin? Were you in a tent? It was so cold. I cried. I'm from Texas, and so the first day that we um, hiked in the snow, I just did not understand how you were supposed to dress for that. Mm-hmm. So, I start with that. It's did brilliant. you wear, like, Tevas? What? <laughs> I made a dumb joke. Like, did you wear oh. sandals in the snow? Like, how did you not know how to dress for it? You know what I mean? Well, I just didn't know that, like, oh, you're supposed to wear, like, long underwear under your pants or, like... That's a a secret that people don't really tell you. Layers, like, (laughs) what? And my feet were just so cold, but we were in a really... We were in a big house with everyone. There were 14 of us that lived together. This is such a rad program. It was rad. Yeah, it was was really sweet to live with, like, these people because we always just... I loved how people were always, like, cooking extra food, and there always was, like, nice food and, like, surprise sweet times all the time because, like, just generous, loving people were around you all the time. Yes, and our kitchen was also the living room and also the dining room and also, like, the music room and the everything room. The kitchen was, like, the only space for common area. This is so interesting because it's, like, not only is this, interview portion of our podcast the space where we get to learn about a new person like you Sarah but it also is like a space where I get to learn more about my friends yeah oh that's so I didn't know that you did this program and like now I'm learning more about like where you've you know where your identity of like nourisher teacher healer it really came a lot from there because that was the first I mean that was really like one of the first things I did out of college Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like so transformative because it was really intense. Did we see each other at all since? No. Maybe once for lunch. Did I see you in Philly when I was there? I think so. Yeah. I think we like had coffee or something. Yeah. But we haven't seen each other. We've talked occasionally. I like randomly text you. I know. I love it so much. Hey, Rumi. Wait, so. Yeah. Sarah, so what are you. What are you up to these days? What are you What are you doing? You're in Texas right now, right? That's a really good question. I am in Texas. I'm in Houston right now. I had been living in Austin for five years, and I went this summer actually to Berkeley where I was doing Urban Adama, which is an urban farming program like in part. It's not in partnership, but it's similar to Teva. Mm-hmm. It's in that same kind of environmental Jewish space world. And so I was there all summer, and I tore my ACL, and I had surgery October 30th here in Houston. So I've just been here healing, and life is super slow, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah, life is just really slow. I just um, was in D.C. for like five days visiting a friend, and I'm going to Austin next week to hang out with some people. And, um, yeah, I am sort of just figuring out, like, what's next for me. And it is kind of strange to be so... um, just to be in the nothingness, because that's not my norm. Yeah. Wow. I know, you're always dreaming and scheming and, like, thinking about, like, these gorgeous, like, big ideas and stuff. That's kind of wild. So is the idea, so wait, you're in Houston to get the surgery because that's where your family lives? Exactly, yeah. I was originally going to go back to Austin because that's where I had been living, but I just was very set on having it in Austin and then realized like I didn't have a job or a place to live, but like I had my surgery scheduled and it just didn't seem that that was, it didn't make sense. So yeah. I decided to just come back to Houston yeah. and it's been, you know, my family's here. And so there's less urgency to like figure out my stuff and kind of have a little bit of space to breathe and just, focus on the healing. So yeah, I actually, that's really my, right. yeah, that's really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I feel really grateful to have that privilege to be able to do that. Cause yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, this is going to be a little bit of a transition moment. Great. We have, so there's questions. Have you listened to our pod? It's okay if you haven't. I, I haven't. Okay. No, but okay. I, I did. You can subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify and Breaker and Stitcher and Spreaker and Grieger and Mifflin and Tiflin. Incredibly, all those were real up to Stitcher. So anyways. I just, I just subscribed, though. Yay. Okay. Most, yeah. just to, because just so you, okay. So one thing we ask all the Sarahs is, um, <laughs> what, when did you first realize, like, there were a lot of other people around in our generation named Sarah? Or, like, did you have that experience growing up? Yeah, that's a good question. So my grandma was also named Sarah. Oh. Yeah, and she was Sarah Ellen, and I'm Sarah Elizabeth, and I was not named for her. And then I have a cousin a couple years younger than me named Sarah Ellen after my grandma. So, like, I was around Sarah's from the beginning, Mm. um, at least my grandma. And then I guess... I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's something I ever really consciously thought like, oh, there's a lot of Sarahs. But I do remember that my parents told me that Sarah Elizabeth was one of the most popular names when I was born. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just assumed and knew that there were a lot of Sarahs. And I played basketball with a couple Sarahs and I grew up like, yeah, there were always Sarahs around. So like at camp, a lot of times people called me by my last name. Um mm-hmm. Just last name only, not like Sarah yes. initial. Nope, just Weisfeld. Weisfeld, mm. pass the ball. Weisfeld. That? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess about that. It, it wasn't like a, oh, there's a lot of Sarahs. It was just, that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Even in our Teva group, actually, there was another person named Sarah, and they ended up going by a different name. Mm. We so all renamed, you, many people renamed themselves during that. Yeah. Oh, there were two Rachels and two Sarahs. I know. Is and that when you renamed that's yourself? That's when I renamed Secret, myself. Secret. In this, like, nurturing place. Yeah. So you know. Does Sarah, it make you know sense? When I first met Sarah and we were roomies, I was like, hi, I'm Rachel. Nice I'm to meet like, you. I'm just like, that's not your name, though. I know. I'm like, lie? you're talking about a different person. Why did you lie about it's what definitely you tall. It doesn't feel like me. Like, it, I mean, it never did, but I really think that was the beginning of, like, the me that feels more true to my to my soul. It's a real glow up. It's a real glow, glow up, up glow moment. Up. Before we, we called you, we were talking about glow ups. We were sharing our feelings about the concept of the 10-year challenge and glow ups. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Share, lay it on us, but how do you think? Wait, are you talking about the 10-year video photo thing? Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I just think that they're trying to get, like, our algorithms so that they can see the future of what we're all going to look like. Oh, I'm afraid of that. Yeah, I don't, I'd like to not. I love your take. (laughs) Yeah. Let me just say, ever since I saw the Disney Channel original movie Smart House, this is the exact (laughs) kind of shit I've been prepared for. It's interesting about the Sarah thing, though, because if people get my name wrong, they usually call me Rachel. Really? Oh. Why? Or I don't know. I have no idea. But do you think it's a? Do you think it's like a, 
like a, a, a like an offensive thing? Do you think like, like a Jewish? Look like, yeah, like a Jewish thing. No, I think that like maybe I tell them my name, they think like, oh, it's some like Jewish, like it's a biblical name, and mm-hmm. then they forget it, so they go to Rachel. Maybe you ever Rebecca. I've never gotten Rebecca. Leia. Mm. <laughs> I always yeah. got Rebecca. People always were like Rebecca. I'm like, no. Nope. It's tall. Try again. <laughs> They're like, I remember an R. I'll just guess the rest. Rebecca. Well, Tanara, let me tell you, like, yes. people really grasp at straws when they don't remember Tanara. They're like, it's something different. I've got a lot of <laughs> Tashas, some Tashas. I even once got a Tiara. Tiara. Oh, that's I'm so sweet. That. I'm into Tiara. Tiara. I would like to call you Tiara. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. How did you, yeah. When did you notice that there were people named Sarah, but then also leading into the next question, which is how do you feel about being named Sarah? I love this question. That's a really good question. So, I mean, I like it. That's what I've been called my whole life. I like, you know, people like close to me, they call me Sarah Bear. And anytime I hear somebody say Sarah Bear, even if they're not talking to me, it just like warms my heart because it's just a really like term of endearment I guess (laughs) and then that's an interesting question because I went to this adult this like digital detox adult summer camp a few years ago back what I need it I I need that wait explanation (laughs) it's called camp grounded and they actually like are not happening anymore in the same form there's other adult camps that are happening and they do different kinds of digital detox retreats, but part of the camp that I went to, I went in 2015. Right, right. Um, nobody goes by their real name. Everyone goes by a like a different name. And so that was really interesting to be there as a different name. And it's a no networking event. It's just about play and disconnecting from technology and from kind of like the image that we all have in society connected to like jobs and who we are. And, um, my name was, do you want to know? Yeah, I was literally no. about to be like, First what all, was like, your I, name? I'm Butterfly. Ah! Butterfly? Oh, that's very you. Did you Wait, did it? everybody have names like that? Yes. Oh, Like, they were all like, nobody's God. name was just like, Deborah. <laughs> no, unless, like, that's what they wanted. But there was, like, someone named, like, Snapping Turtle and... Um, like one of my good friends at camp was named Buffalo and then changed their name to King Baby. <laughs> Did you get to pick your name or was it like randomly assigned? Um, either. Like I kind of went knowing, like people went knowing what they wanted their name to be. And then if they didn't know, people were there to help them. So I kind of went knowing that like, I thought I wanted my name to be Butterfly, but then I sort of thought, no, that can't be it. Cause I need to let someone else like help me come up with my name. Mm. And then after talking to someone and kind of ended up having the conversation around having the idea of wanting to be butterfly, but feeling like that couldn't be my name because I picked it. They were like, your name needs to be butterfly. And so. Wait, why did they want you or why did, why was it part of the experience to choose a different name for yourself? I think part of it is because like my name, Sarah is, associated to a daughter, a sister, a friend, a employee, like all these responsibilities and roles that we connect to our name. So mm. being able to disconnect from all of that identity. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm yelling at Nathan with my eyes because we made a pact not to eat on this podcast because it's just so loud. You know, <laughs> the, um, so what like, you're saying is so good. It's incredibly powerful. Yeah, I, so I'm it's like how often do we get to just disconnect from all of the different roles that we are and play in our lives, and they're all connected to our name, really. Mm. Like, if you ask yourself, like, who am I? Like, who is Sarah? Well, so much of that is career-driven and responsibility-driven and the expectations of other people. And then when I think about butterfly, to me, butterfly is, like, free, like, who I am when I'm butterfly. It's, like, fun and playful and, like, get to, like, put on face paint and we wear costumes. And it's just, like, a much more playful identity. And so, you know, changing your name, I think, helps kind of allow the space to be in a playfulness. Wow. I'm 
so excited and fascinated by this. And I'm so curious what you're, how do you feel about it now? Like all these years later? Like, oh, wow. Well, it definitely changed my life. Like wow. just being able to go and disconnect. And I actually took my dad with me and I didn't, so the first year I went, it was my birthday weekend and I had always wanted to spend my birthday at camp because camp was a really special place. And, um, but having an October birthday didn't allow for that. And so the camp was happening outside of Austin on my birthday when I invited like family and friends, let them know this is where I'm going to be. And my dad was the only one that responded. And I really didn't think he was going to go because he works a lot and being at this camp, it's like work free. And so he ended up going and so it really changed my relationship with my dad. That's a huge thing. And then it also really reignited a creative spark for me. So how, what was the process like of arriving in a space and like, you know, cause name is so tied with identity. And so like, obviously like, for example, Tal was like, Rachel is not my identity. Like I just don't feel like a Rachel. So I'm going to rename myself, you know? And then like, but to be asked to like, to, to leave that identity behind in order to play and stuff. I'm just curious what that process was like of like shedding the identity and then like stepping back into the identity. And second follow-up question, which is what is the process? Like these friends that you still maintain connections with outside of the camp, do you call them by the name that you knew them in the camp? Do you call them by your, their current, like what is it like to then connect with people that you were there with? Actually, call me by your name. After, after you've sort of left the space where you didn't hold on to your identity slash name. Oh my God. Yeah. Those are such good questions. And yeah, such good questions. I think the first time going to camp, it was, everything was unknown. So I think it was harder to get into that space of play because it was all unknown. But at the same time, I think it was easier because it was like, everyone's here for the same experience and because they want to be there. Everyone's there wanting to meet people and be friendly and be kind and be goofy. And I really leaned into a lot of the creative writing stuff that weekend and then kind of transitioning out of that experience. I think the hardest thing wasn't actually the play. It was the technology Uh and walking into a gas that my first experience out of that camp was walking into a gas station seeing two people probably in their like 50s, 60s sitting across the table from each other, both looking down at their cell phone Mm. and just feeling so much sadness that these people are sitting there so disconnected from each other because they're choosing to just like look down at their screen. And so I think like play was something that I had experienced. Like I've always kind of been a goofy person, I guess. I think the digital detox and just, being so present with other humans is what was more impactful. Mm. And, you know, so like I had made a pact for myself that I wouldn't bring my cell phone into the bedroom after that, because that was how I was going to incorporate the digital detox and the disconnection from technology into my life. Um, and then I think, going back into that space since I did a couple more camps after that, there was known, it wasn't all unknown, but there was more uh, excitement looking forward to knowing that I was going to be with, you know, 200 other people that also wanted to connect and weren't going to be like sitting at dinner on their phone. So I think the transition in and out from the first year to the second year, there was practice in that first year of how to be present with people and then just continuing to try to be playful. Like I eventually took improv classes and that was awesome. Nice. So, you know, I think it takes effort to find play because a lot of people are not in that. The second question about how to relate with people that I met in that space, um, Sometimes we call each other by camp names. Often we do. I think it's interesting when we introduce each other to another person who wasn't at camp. Like mm-hmm. that's probably the most questioning time of how do I introduce this person? Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a friend, a really good friend. Her camp name is Bam Bam and her daughter calls me Bam Bam. So, I mean, her daughter calls me Butterfly. Oh, 
Vermont. And so, um, yeah, I think like the people, it's mostly camp names when I'm with them. Yeah. And it just feels normal, but then it's interesting to be with camp people in technology where phones are present. Yeah. That's always yeah. kind of interesting because it's like, we need technology. And the thing is, technology is not bad. They don't, the camp philosophy is not that technology is bad. It's just that we need to be like, we should be conscious of our technology use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and so many people are living in a time where they feel so lonely and disconnected, but they're so connected digitally, mm-hmm. but they're so like lonely and isolated internally. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Nathan went on a journey. <laughs> I am like so totally intrigued. Yeah. I do we have to pivot? We, we do. do have to we pivot. do have to we pivot. Have to, I, Wow. Yeah. Really this is, but like, oh my god. Okay, but this pivot obsessed. is also gonna be oh, obsessed. a question. I'm like super excited to hear you answer, just because I'm like knowing you for a long time and like knowing a little bit about like where you were in relation to this question and like maybe where you are now, especially after doing an Urban Adama. And the question is, what? <laughs> like, can you talk a little bit about your relationship to Judaism? Yeah. That's a really good question. How much time do I have? Oh, yeah. Not I enough know. time for the questions. I mean, like, this, literally yeah. people, like, spend their entire lives right. searching for the okay. answers yeah. to this question. It could be a SparkNotes version of your life. It could be, like, right now. It could be, like, yeah. wh- whatever you want. Well, pre-Teva, pre-Knowing Tall, I had stepped away from Judaism for about three years. And through environmental Judaism decided to walk back into Judaism because I felt like there was actually a place that I already felt connected. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, currently I, I feel like it's important to me. It's culture, it's family. It's, um, there's so much wisdom in nature and the environment that Judaism is so woven with. And I think that Coming back from Urban Adama, a friend of mine who also did Urban Adama, we started a women's, we started a Rosh Chodesh circle in Austin, and we were doing that for a little bit, and just feeling like wanting wanting to find ways to spark connection for people and create experiences connected to nature for people, because um, I was working in a Jewish space before going to Urban Adama, and creating experiences is something I feel really passionate about. And so finding meaningful Jewish experiences is also really exciting for me. Mm. And knowing that those experiences that are rooted in Judaism also for me, in order for them to be meaningful are connected to nature Mm -hmm. as well. I just, I'm just having a big feeling. Which is like, I just loved First of all, I've loved hearing every single thing you've had to say. Oh my god, yay. But hearing you talk about your relationship with Judaism, I'm like thinking about all of these like mainstream reforming conservative synagogues where like the millennial Jews don't care, like the millennial Jews aren't gonna show up, like they don't affiliate. And I'm like, I'm just like every like just like hearing you talk about how you feel like Judaism how you you said something about like how it's maybe more meaningful now or like the connection is more meaningful than it was when you were a kid, even though you don't go to synagogue. I'm like I'm like, the kids are just, like, so fucking all right. First of all, like, we're not kids. But just, like, but just, like the, the way that I hear people my age talk about Judaism is, like, so full of life and, like, and so love meaningful. And love and celebration. And I'm like, I just oh. don't know why these institutions are afraid because, like, we, it's, like, really, like, on lock. Do you know it, what I mean? It may just be that we don't want to give our money to the occupation. Mmm. Mm. I mean, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, they just, they just didn't get on the gay boat fast enough. But I mean, also probably not. But also, I hear what you're saying. Like, you, like, it's so, well, so much of, like, your Jewish ethic and, like, the way you like to experience Judaism, like, is, is so similar to mine. Like, you are my soul sister for so many reasons, and, like, that's one of them. But, um, like, it's just so beautiful the way that we've, like, found our own you know 
I, I hear you, Nathan. Like, it's, it's so good. I love it so much. And also, we need, do we need to pivot? You're giving me that look. No, I'm literally just oh, looking at you. Okay. Wow. We, I think, like, it's just we are creating community in a place that is just ours. And it's beyond a building. And I think that mm. finding ways that meet us where we're at. And, like, there's really cool organizations doing some of that work, meeting millennials and young adults. Mm. Um, Like, I'm really excited. I actually – and just finding rabbis that are doing – like, I have a mentor who's a rabbi at – actually at the big conservative synagogue in Austin, Agudas Achim. But he is just, like, this amazing jazz musician. And, like, after the election, he just, like, held, like, a – hour of silence for people to just like come and then he did like some nigoons and it was just like holding space for people and and I just like really admire that because that's not how I grew up in a conservative synagogue at least from what I remember and I just registered for this um like symposium here in Houston called transforming the climate crisis and there's a rabbi that's going to be speaking and I'm like super excited to hear him yeah (laughs) Y'all are also doing really cool stuff, interviewing different Sarahs and asking them about their connection to Judaism because, like, by people talking about it, it shows people that they're not alone. Like, I stepped away from Judaism thinking that spirituality was not something I could find in Judaism, and it wasn't until I heard another person, it was a rabbi, talk about young adults feeling disconnected from Judaism. And so it's like, for the first time, I felt like, oh, I'm not alone. It's okay that I feel this way. And there's probably other people feeling this. And so you guys are, like, helping kind of maybe create that conversation also and, like, letting people know that, like, Judaism looks so different for so many people. And, like, and you'll you'll discover this when you listen to our pod, like, there's really opportunities for, like, interfaith connection because we do have Sarahs on here who are not Jewish and who, like, get to really speak honestly to their perception of Judaism growing up because we ask all the Sarahs the exact same questions, so we ask even the non-Jewish Sarahs what their relationship to Judaism is. It's, it's so, so illuminating, good. and it's like really like what an opportunity for us to talk about anti-Semitism and like how we're taught that shit and like where our biases come from. And they're just like so generous and brave and like interested and interesting. Mm. To, and I'm just like so grateful for all giving us some hope. Okay, we do now we do have to <laughs> We're going to pivot. Okay, so one funny segment on this pod is called... Shabbat um, Shabbat Should I buy that? Should I buy that? Should I buy that? And it's um, it's about where I talk about what I'm, I might be looking at online to buy. And then I ask the Sarah, should I buy that? And I'm super excited to ask you about this one because... Um, I feel like we talked a lot about protein and diets and food and nutrition, and I, like, remember your protein shakes in the kitchen. Okay, so I, um... I'm so excited. Okay. Brief, brief, like, set the scene. I have a dog and a cat, but the cat's, like, pretty low maintenance, but I have a dog and a cat. I need to be at work by 7.45 in the morning. Like, it's pretty early. I have to look pretty professional. I'm a teacher now. I'm, like, a real full-fledged, like, classroom teacher. Certified! Oh, my God! (laughs) Um... But I want to, like, grab a beverage in the morning and just take it with me and not spend any time prepping my freaking breakfast because I don't have any time to do that. And sometimes I'm quite cranky in the morning. Mmm, crank out. So should I buy, it's like, it's like maybe a 12-pack of, like, mocha protein drinks. Mocha. Mocha or chocolate or vanilla or almond are the ones that I'm looking at. So you want me to tell you what flavor to buy or what? Should like, I just should yeah. I buy protein drinks for my to help make my breakfast easier? I'll tell you what brand they are. Well, if you want to do protein, I would recommend buying protein powder in bulk because it's less wasteful in terms of packaging. Is it the same as like if you just get the carton? It's the same, right? Well, if you get the carton, then you are just buying single serving. Yeah. I like Vega One. That's the protein I use. Oh, you still use Vega? I remember you used Vega. I still use Vega. <laughs> good, good, um, good. But if you, I think Vega also has single serve. I think the thing about the single serves, they add extra stuff in them. Like good in a to know. Way. What What would you be mixing the protein powder with? Water. You can use water or milk, 
Or like, I use like a non-dairy milk, like an almond milk. Yeah. Or I've really been, I've been into flax milk. Okay, so you're right. I was sort of like, what is the difference between this carton and like the giant like tub of protein powder? I really was confused about that, and now um, that's helpful. Wait, so do we so have our very first moment where the Sarah told you not to buy the thing? Kind of, because she gave me better advice. I had a whole RX bar this morning for breakfast and, and two chocolate chip cookies. I don't like those. Um, but I was like, I I hate eating this. I just, I know that I need to eat this food, but it's like a brick in my mouth at like seven in the morning and I hate it. So this is going to be good. This is going to um, be great. Thank you for that advice and clarifying that the cartons, the single serves, are not as good. Mm. And terrible well, for the environment. Well, good at call. Oh. Okay, wait. We have one last question. Sarah. Okay. Yes. If you were a vending machine, what would you vend? Oh. I would vend... Does it have to be edible? No. 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 It doesn't even have to be I tangible. would you don't vend even have to pay for it. bottles of glitter. Oh! oh! Best answer! Okay. <laughs> That's incredible. I love that. Then you would leave a mark everywhere. Which might not be good for some people, but... It would be good for me. It would be good for just the general spirits of yeah. humanity. Me. Yeah. The only update yeah. you need to know about me in the past four or five years is that I am just much more glittery. Mm. And look, look at my non-outdoorsy coat. It's pink faux fur. This was the first Should I Buy That episode And she one. did. I bought it. She also was drinking with the metal straw that was the Should I Buy That of the last episode. I buy a lot of stuff on the internet. Oh. Capitalism's terrible. That's true. But metal straws are good. I like that. It's actually been really good. And then sometimes I put, like, lemon or ginger or turmeric root in my water, and I feel like I'm at a spa all day. You're so wholesome. Spa water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so fabulous. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing so much this of yourself on our podcast. You're welcome. Like, it's so good to meet you, Tamara and Nathan, and oh. so good to see your face tall. Oh my God, I'm melting. I feel like I could talk to you forever, and I will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 really, yeah. I really went Nathan, on an emotional He's journey. really going for, he's for You're such a good storyteller. You I are. Re- truly. Oh. Yay! Sarah's, Sarah's making Thanks. a really touched face. Yeah, she made like a little like, oh, that was so nice face. Yeah. yeah my awesome. heart was like beating, like, it was like, ah. Oh, God. Thank uh, you. All right. Thanks, Sarah. We love Bye, you. Y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye. is brought to you by care of the vitamin the personalized vitamin company that sends you personalized vitamins because apparently you tell them what myers-briggs you are and they're like here's vitamin c how does it work do you tell them you're myers-briggs i don't know the the story behind this ad is that our our roommate my roommate was like you should do an ad for care of and she was like you take a personality test and then they send you vitamins (laughs) I mean, like, probably, like, they just use a lot of ridiculous, like, gender data or, like, um, I don't know. Like, you're a woman. You're probably iron deficient. (laughs) Do they? Here's the question. Do they ever give you the Flintstones ones? (laughs) Because I would sign up for that. You know how this all started is we were talking about having to work out so hard that you need, that you, (laughs) that you... Felt like oh, you were gonna poop because because your Muay Thai instructor, the guy who runs your studio, shout out a loom. He first of all, it's like if you're listening, Charlie, thanks for listening. Charlie, thanks, thanks for, for taking my advice. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Um, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! One time I did. Oh my god! Oh my god! You got looks like Elle's gonna win the prize. Yeah. Oh, perfect couple. This one qualifies. Oh my god, you got so, it. Oh my your, god. That's your cue to be ending when we do the go birds of the fuck Tom Brady. I didn't take it. I kept going. <laughs> so I what? knew that 
And I ignored it. One time I took a class with Charlie of eight limbs, and in the middle of us punching these bags as hard as we could, he told us a story about how one time he ate a burrito on the way to Philly from D.C. and had to, like, he was like, do I have to stop the car to poop on the side of the road? But why would the burrito go, like, that was earlier food poo. Like, the burrito did not go that fast. Well, maybe he had the burrito before he left for Philly, but it was, like, a burrito-related bodies move very quickly. My My brother does. My body moves pretty fast, but, like, maybe he had coffee. Coffee Ooh, will No, fuck it's not you like he had up. like a bad, it had a, a bad, bad burrito. burrito. It will fuck you up. So maybe the poop that was coming out of him wasn't burrito. This is disgusting. But like. It's not disgusting. It's not. It just is what's happening. Normalize right. that. That's true. That's Shit. true. But it was just like very. Turtle. Also, shout out to Sarah, who we just interviewed for encouraging us to play. Uh, <laughs> Why yes. is that funny? Circle back, baby. Circle back, baby. CBB. Uh, CBB. <laughs> too funny. Okay, I think that for tonight's comical episode, we should do our thank yous in silly voices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our oh, buddy. my God. <laughs> Take it away, Dave. We are so glad that you came with us to listen to episode six of Sarah, Sarah, and Sarah. It has been, it has been an incredible time. First, we would like to thank our spiritual advisor, Sarah Berman. Sarah Berman. Yashikawa, Sarah. Um, Yashikawa. Somebody else has got to take it now. Okay. We would like to thank. <laughs> Finding Nemo, I'm gonna do my hunchback whale voice. Ready? Okay. Sarah and Sean thank everyone involved with our production of this episode, particularly our friend Abby. Abby! For letting us their recording equipment. We are really taking good care of it, I promise. But we got who? Sarah! Thank you for being a wonderful human being. I was truly touched by how much my friends were touched by I you. I was so... And I think it was so gave me so much to think about. <laughs> no, actually, that was insane how beautiful You've that was. You actually just, was. like, really... There was so much in there and so much beauty and so much wisdom in your words that, like, truly, we don't even know how to be humans right now. And we're just rolling around on the floor, <laughs> laughing with happy tears streaming down our faces. We <laughs> um, big thank you to Sarah Brellis as always. Free and Nancy! Sarah, Sarah, Sarah! <laughs>